when we are talking about forgetting choreography is two things. Either being judged and second fear that comes from forgetting choreography fear is falling down our groupmates, other dancers, if we are talking about group performance. Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First seven days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers, welcome to a new episode of the Paladins Live podcast. This is going to be a solo episode today for a change, and I want to talk today about performance fears and performance anxieties. Actually, the topic was inspired by our recent intensive that I was hosted at the Yana Dance Club, my uh, uh, online educational platform, and we did the intensive on the power of imagination, which originally I thought, like, okay, we'll briefly kind of talk, mention, work with fears, do some exercise, try to face them, but right on the first week, once we digged in and once I saw responses from the members doing this intensive, I realized that this is actually the topic that really needs way more attention. And although the idea of intensive and most materials of intensive were recorded during my recent trip to Turkey uh, when we visited Pamukkale, a very beautiful site, and actually was inspired this beautiful white uh, stone, very fairy tale-ish uh, magical place. That's why like, oh, this how to bring this imagination into our dance, into our stage presence. But when we talk about stage presence and confidence on stage, we cannot not talk about also fears, because this is opposite side. We want to develop confidence, but we first need to face our fears that block very often our confidence. That's why I started our intensive with that. And then I realized that, oh yeah, it's not going to be just one week. It requires much more attention. And I actually recorded the whole like lecture digging deeper into our fears, where they come from, how to deal with them. And most common fears that I heard from dancers are being judged by audience, by other dancers, by people who potentially may hire you, being judged as not in a good way, like not positive, being judged as not being good enough dancer. And second most common fear was... Uh, Forgetting choreography. Either solo you're performing and you got stuck and blocked and you don't know what to do, or even worse, in a group choreography, then it becomes extremely 
noticeable. You cannot really hide it and then it's responsibility not only for yourself but for other people in the group, which actually kind of is a fear but there is underlying fears under that. So that's what I was talking in the lecture and I decided to actually share this lecture here because I think it would be very useful and very inspiring to think about for many dancers. And of course, you should understand that performance anxiety and performance fears and this paralyzing like feelings of losing balance or not feeling legs or getting a little bit of nausea before going on stage those things go away with time and practice. They will get better. And the ideal scenario that you don't get performance anxiety, but you get performance excitement, that yes, you are nervous, but you know how to control it. You, you are not losing connection or control over your body because of this nervousness. This nervousness only will get you like this boost of adrenaline that we need to show our best on stage and it will become this excitement and all professional dancers you heard many of them on our podcast in previous interviews they all say that they get nervous before going on stage but there is a difference between being nervous and being in a panic mode that you cannot do and for some of you especially in the beginning of your ballet dance journey this fear is maybe so big this panic may be so big that it will even prevent you from trying to go on stage so in this case how you can get the practice to overcome those fears if you <laughs> at first place cannot go on stage because of those fears that's why in the intensive actually was focusing a lot and giving exercises of how to face your fears how to work with your fears one of those was uh, this lecture that I'm sharing today on the podcast to give you some thoughts and realizations to uh, hopefully not overcome completely but at least to get more familiar and look at those things from different perspectives and uh, try to ease that tension and that panic so you can do this step you can overcome like push through for the at least first time maybe first 10 times it really will be different for all of us but to start this process of practicing and uh, being conscious and aware of where those fears and panics they come from because that's the way how eventually to overcome them not only waiting for practice to do the, <laughs> the do the work but also to sort of shortcut this time and to take control and work consciously with this issue so that's what you will hear today. It's a lecture that I originally recorded for the Yana Dance Club. If, you, of course, you want to dig even deeper on this topic, and not only we talked about fears, but we were talking also about building inner confidence, creating character, embodying this character on stage. So not only about like downsides like fears, but we also were working as a part of this intensive on empowering and encouraging elements that we can bring in our dance. So all together as a package, I called it the power of imagination, how we can influence our dance and our emotions and stage presence. So if you want to dig deeper and discover more, definitely visit yanadanceclub.com. There is a lot of materials. This intensive is just one of the programs available there. It's a subscription website. Once you're enrolled, you get access to absolutely all of my teaching uh, materials, including all my courses, intensives, drills, classes, 
everything, literally everything. And if you haven't checked it yet and you're still in doubt, or maybe it sounds interesting or maybe not, this intensive, maybe yes, maybe not, don't worry, there is a seven-day free trial. You can literally just try, see, and then decide if it's for you or not. But on another note, today in our podcast, we are talking about performance fears. So let's dive in. In this video, I want to talk a little bit deeper about fears and about our previous exercise. So most common, uh, most named fears by dancers are being judged by the audience, by other dancers in the audience, by potential employees, by being judged for not being good enough, not being professional enough. And second fear, which is the most recurring that uh, if you ask dancers, oh, what is your performance anxiety point? Anxiety point, they say forgetting choreography. That's the biggest fear. But forgetting choreography is an event. What we are really scared when we are talking about forgetting choreography is two things. Either being judged for not looking professional enough or for whatever like reason, but not be ju- being judged for not being good enough performer and dancer. And second fear that comes from forgetting choreography fear is uh, falling down our group mates, other dancers, if we are talking about group performance, which basically means the fear of either judgment by them or even further to go, rejection. And... Many of our fears, wherever we are kind of talking about, I don't know, like, like forgetting choreography, I already named, for instance, like losing costume or falling on stage, it's not about the event itself. It's about two main things. The fear of judgment, of being judged, not positively, <laughs> and the fear of rejection. And you should understand that both of those fears are very natural to our mind. Uh, We are social creatures. We lived and survived in groups of people. Back in times, I don't know, in cave times, uh, if you were rejected by your group, community, and left alone, you will be facing a lot of challenges and it would be a very big risk of death because you will not be able to protect yourself on your own from dangerous animals, from cold or from getting food, like you needed community to survive. Now these days it's a little bit different. We are not facing, I don't know, wild lions (laughs) in the fields, but we're still social creatures and our mind is wired like this. It's even called like reptile brain uh, that kind of tries to protect us when now we are trying to do something different than other people doing, something unusual, something new for us. It sees the risk, uh, either risk of fall, falling down or in many cases being judged by others, not positively, and as a result being rejected. So that's the function that many, many centuries and years ago was protecting us. Now, sometimes it's kind of uh, results in self-sabotage. With that also, there is a difference also between concern and fear or anxiety. So, for instance, uh, forgetting a choreography, that's a quite concern. Like, 
I don't want to forget choreography. I, I'm concerned about that. If I'm performing in a group, I'm making sure everything uh, to do the best so it doesn't happen because I don't want it to happen. Like I don't want to perform to a song which I don't know translation because I'm concerned that oh I may completely like do something inappropriate and uh, lyrics whoever will understand will they will see like oh it's completely like out of <laughs> um, connection with my dance. Like I am concerned not being judged negatively by my audience or other dancers. But there is a difference between concern and fear. Fear that paralyzes you and gives you this performance anxiety that in the moment you're about to go on stage or you're already performing, you're losing control of your body, of your mind. Your mind starts wandering, you start uh, tensing up, you cannot like relax to do the movement. That is fear. And uh, to deal with fear, we understand, most of us understand, oh, it's all in my mind. And we talk about this uh, all the time, but just saying that, oh, it's in my mind, I understand that, oh, it may be like not realistic or exaggerated, like just saying, oh, it's in my mind does not help. <laughs> and you probably know it on your experience if you ever tried, like, oh, you you're afraid of I don't know, falling on stage, falling down on stage. You know it's all in your mind or like of that someone will look at you like negatively. You know it's in your mind. It's not like real danger in your life. But just saying it doesn't help to get rid of this fear because all those things, they are real. Yes, you may fall down on stage. Yes, you may even with research sometimes misinterpret lyrics if you're not a native speaker. You may like forget the choreography. You may be judged by someone. So it's all real things. But one thing is to just treat them as a concerns. And another thing that they sort of grab you and control instead of you controlling those thoughts, those concerns and fears, but not paralyzing fears. Not that they transform into performance anxiety, that you cannot go on stage or you, you'd really like feel like you cannot control your body during performance. And to deal with fear... There are two things, you, which better if you do it together, which is exactly what we were doing in our previous exercise, is to break it down, which means really question the fear, but not like right away, like, oh yeah, I know it's all in my mind. No, but going through a series of questions, for instance, like uh, where it comes from. Like, for instance, if you are really afraid of being judged by others. Uh, is there any beliefs that you always need to create, uh, get approval from others? Is there anything in your childhood that was always like you were uh, sort of told to be good or um, you were really like eager to, to receive someone's approval? If you're super afraid, for instance, one of the fears to do mistake and uh, injure someone, was it something maybe from your childhood or teenage, like some belief that I knew that, oh, your actions, if you do them wrong, they may damage or injure or hurt other people. Where the fear itself comes uh, from. Uh, another thing is that... Uh, what will be the influence? For instance, you will fall down on stage. Okay, so what? And I'm saying now, so what? Not to minimize it because it's real. And yes, if you feel that fear, it is, it is the fear. It is real. So it's not to minimize. It's for you to 
break it down and really dig deep. Okay, so what? I will fall on stage. I may injure myself. I will, I mean, sleep like hopefully not any big uh, bad injuries, but it may happen. Okay, I will recover and I will see what to deal next, how to continue my dance experience afterwards. Or I may just fall on stage, not injure, but uh, I, I will feel ashamed. Okay, other dancers may like judge me uh, negatively. Okay, so what? Will it prevent me from ever performing again? Would it stay with me like forever? Uh, would I not be able to perform without falling again and kind of like um, overcoming that memory uh, from what happened last time with my new, cool, super powerful, engaging performances and like digging, digging, digging further and further and further. Another one, if you are afraid, for instance, the fear of uh, oh my mistake, if I forget choreography, do mistake, uh, I may injure someone. Go to a specific situation. What exactly has to happen that your mistake may injure some person? You will see it's not that many options that scenario that actually in belly dance it would be a real real like fear yes it's always concerned because it's physical activity it's a group physical activity so of course we need to be concerned and take care of other but what exactly like it's okay maybe if you have as a group performance super complicated um, turns when you are moving like all around somehow and then somehow you will crash into another person or something like that but it's a very unique and very specific situation uh the same uh, for instance uh fear like oh my god i will completely forget the whole choreography which is <laughs> one also very common but sit down and think like what has to happen that after many hours of training you will go blank and completely forget choreography like not a single step you will remember it's not very likely okay you may forget the spot yes but music will lead you like whichever music accent you probably will your body your mind you will recognize like oh this part yes i remember you can catch up it's not like the whole choreography you can forget so by digging deep into that it's not to say that oh the fear is not real or the situation is not is not possible but it's to narrow down and to see like yes it's real yes it may happen but the likelihood is not that big of that and being aware of it already can help to sort of uh make the fear be less as a fear but just transform fear into concern i think that's the uh, next step like we cannot get rid of fears right away we can first minimize them so they have less control over us and then transform them from fear into a concern that yes we are aware we don't want we are kind of worried for this not to happen but it's not paralyzing it us and not uh, coming over us um, another thing to break down first fears then i will talk about second part how to deal with fears but to break down fears is to analyze your own reactions um, and your own internal dialogue 
or monologue whenever you see someone else in a similar situations. And this is not to judge yourself or to judge your reaction, but just to observe. For instance, if you have a tendency to constantly evaluate and judge people around you, you by definition will expect other people to do it to you. So when you're in this very vulnerable, vulnerable and very, by definition, quite high stress level <laughs> or high, um, how to say, high temperature level situation uh, of doing something unusual, like performing, putting yourself out to audience, sometimes complete strangers, those thoughts, those fears and those in a like sort of like a dialogue, it will get even bigger just because it's possibly your tendency in general. But usually, if we are talking about being afraid of other people's reaction by whichever uh, way it is, whichever other side of it, analyze your own approach. What we afraid of very often, to a certain extent, we project ourselves. And this is very, very um, unpleasant <laughs> realization and even topic to, to go to. But just observe. It's not to judge. It's not something that you can immediately click and slip out. But be aware of it. Whichever your fear it is, see where it comes from you. And... Uh, by being aware, you can work with it. Not being aware, it will always stay there. And another thing that you analyze your own like feelings or reactions, imagining someone else getting in the situation, you may realize like, oh, I will not judge my, let's say, dance mate if she forgets a choreography. Like, okay, happens. That's probably will be one of the possible reactions you will have. So why do you expect others not to have the same reaction to you? If it's like one time thing. Or if someone falls, will you judge the person saying that they are not professional? Or forget choreography on stage, like if it's solo performance or whichever other situation, would you right away immediately, like by one mistake, put a label unprofessional? or like not good enough, or you may sympathize person like, oh my God, such, like, so sorry that happened, like probably the person prepared for performance, etc. So uh, by analyzing and seeing our feelings, we can either again minimize the fear when we talk about judgment and rejection from other people, and we also may see, oh, where that's where it comes from. If you have this tendency, small, like uh, big extent, but you will expect the same reaction towards your actions if you appear in this situation. So all this is about sort of like, let's say, first part of working with fears is breaking them down, analyzing where it comes from, what's like narrowing down to specific situation, uh, seeing like our feelings towards other people in similar situation. And also, of course, uh, breaking down and analyzing and really questioning influence. So it's not to say, oh, this is not real. No, it's to break it down or like right away to say, oh, it's in my mind, as I mentioned. No, break it down because by breaking down, you face it. And then what scares us the most is unknown. Once we know it, it becomes less scary. It's not going to go right away somewhere. No, it will not disappear right away. But at least it will be more familiar. 
more like okay i know what i'm dealing with it's more like my sensation i know where it comes from and know how it will influence me so once it's a little bit more familiar it's a little bit more comfortable once it's a little bit more comfortable it's definitely a little bit less scary <laughs> and that's our goal to sort of like go on this the second part of how to deal with fears but those parts have to go together you cannot right away jump to second one that i'm gonna talk about you need first to deal with like where it comes from if you're talking about this paralyzing like fear of performance anxiety the second part is uh, strategies strategies how to deal with uh, these fears and as i mentioned most of our fears they come down to judgment or rejection which is basically a, a relationship with other people and our impression that we give on other people our reputation in the community in the audience um, etc and to deal uh, like with strategies there are several steps that you can do first of all i always suggest to go with filtering the information so how uh, by to filter information there are a bunch of questions that you can ask yourself whenever you're thinking about like this fear for instance how do you know that it's exactly about this subject for instance someone of you may a fear like oh i am judged by other people that uh like i misinterpret lyrics for instance and this is a big concern and sometimes fear for dancers who are not native speakers you did your homework you did translation you know like sort of like choreography how to inter interpret like uh, lyrics um, generally or very detailed like you did a homework you prepared you go on stage and then on stage you see someone looking at you and those fears come to your mind and your body become maybe not that flexible not in control like it became a fear not just a concern that at home you were preparing your show and doing your research to avoid this situation but even with that all that preparation on stage you have that so filtering right away how do you know that the person if like there was a lady in the front row and she looked at me really judgmentally how do i know that first of all it works towards me and second it was exactly about this reason for instance how do i know it was exactly uh, towards me how do you know that a second or minute ago she didn't argue with her husband who was sitting next chair, next chair to, with her they really badly argued that she turned away from him and now she stares at me with very unpleasant look but she's not really looking at me her mind keeps arguing with her husband and somewhere super far away so how do i know really that it's really that look that paralyzed me it's actually towards me maybe the person is in their own world right now or how do i know that it's a bit specifically about i don't know like lyrics let's say um how don't i know that person just wants to sort of like uh, use their like uh, uplift their self-esteem let's say by like uh, saying oh entertainer or dancer because unfortunately in this industry we do suffer from that that sometimes audience members they kind of want to treat or tend to treat sometimes depends on the environment venue country and audience specific audience member they do want to treat it and we as dancers as entertainers we are very easy target for that so again filtering the information uh, of um, 
question how do I exactly know that that energy or judgment or I would rather say impression that I received is really about what I fear it is. Maybe it's something else completely and maybe it's not even uh, about me. Second question you can right away is ask to filter this information. Do I accept this information? And for instance, if you are, uh, again, judged, uh, uh, the fear of judgment we are talking about, which is kind of will result, if it's to a like, high degree, will result in rejection. So they're very connected here. So if I, for instance, um, criticized by some audience member, like, oh, you're not good enough, not good enough as a dancer, or I heard someone was talking, oh, she's not good enough like as a dancer. Do I accept this information? Do I really like want to get into it to get it of a power? Does this person who gives, for instance, this critique, do they have authority? Do they have knowledge? Do they have any credentials to judge who is good dancer, who is not good dancer, who is professional, who is not professional? If, for instance, and this is the tendency we have, we go into negativity right away. We sleep there very, very often. Even performance or internet, that's the very, very uh, obvious uh, example. You may receive hundreds of positive comments on your video or in performance environment, hundreds of positive uh, comments about your performance from audience member, but there will be one that will say something negative and our mind will stick there. <laughs> so here is the question, always to filter. Is this person who is telling it to me, do they tell uh, it sincerely because they want, let's say, advice or they want my growth or they saw something that I didn't see and they see that I'm missing that as a dancer and they want kind of like to suggest like, oh yeah, okay, you're not good enough yet for that, but like they're bringing my attention to something or they just feel like they're empowered to give me uh, evaluation because like they feel like, oh, they will be paying me money. So they are the boss and they can give me like uh, um, score on how I was dancing. Sometimes, unfortunately, we deal with many different people, especially as a professional dancers who are also hired for dancing and you will deal with many different approaches. And this is something you need to filter. Like if overall you have a good feedback from the audience, you can, you are invited to perform here and there from time to time or often. And then sometimes you encounter those people who give this negative judgment. So filter information. Do I receive it? And if it's just one person or two or even three, but... Should I give it power like to, to paralyze me, to stop performing me? Switch attention where, like, yes, of course, we don't want to be like judged or we want to please everyone, but we are not a hundred dollar bill <laughs> to be liked by absolutely everyone. And just not uh, focusing on just negative, but sort of opening, okay, I have all this range of feedback that's already kind of like dealing with uh, fear of filtering from whom do I get negative feedback and if I do want to get it. And one very cool advice I was, uh, uh, I heard many years ago, which stuck with me till this day, it was overall in life, but it's like 
the advice was, or the tip was, I want to receive uh, advice or critique from people who live the same way I would like to live. The same applies to dance. Who criticizes, let's say, or whose judgment are we afraid? Of those people who got there, who do what we want to do, who uh, dance and live the way we would like to live, or it's just some random person who maybe knows, like, did like one or two belly dance classes or none of belly dance classes, just watched on YouTube. So whose critique or recommendations or advices you would listen to? Probably from a professional like dancers who really established themselves, who went through this path. And believe me, those dancers, they will be very, very careful on when to say the critique, only if they are asked and only when, uh, only in senses of helping and, um, and pushing forward, not to putting down any person. So again, if I feel like I'm receiving or I fear like, oh, I will be judged is not good enough, filtering from whom I really fear this judgment. Who are those people? Do they have really rights of judging me <laughs> if I'm good dancer or not good dancer? And uh, of course, also, uh, if you understand the information or this impression correctly, which I already mentioned previously, for instance, you may see someone judgmental look and you may think it's forwarded towards you, but it's something completely completely different. So again, uh, filtering the information that you receive that your fears are based on, this is already one uh, sort of um, strategy of how to deal with fears once it's happened. So it's already strategies like, okay, if this situation is happening, what can I do to minimize or take control over it, both in immediate situation and in the long term in an immediate if you're performing and you saw someone's unpleasant look you right away can click right now like oh okay i remember i was thinking about that maybe it's not even about me so focus your attention on those people who enjoy your performance in the long term if after performance let's say you received like not a nice comment from like one person and you feel like you catch yourself late the next day maybe like still thinking about it again filter who was that person? Do I really need to give power and listen and be still like uh, stuck on that point uh, to to bring it into my life right now? Or that that person maybe didn't have any like real rights or credentials to even influence or judge judge uh, me as a professional or professional dancer. Another strategy of dealing with fears is of course trying to prevent those uh, moments. So like if you're afraid of uh, misinterpreting lyrics, make sure you do research to do translation and uh, prepare like how you, if you're improvising, what kind of movements connected to specific like lyrics or line of songs you can use. If you're doing choreography, that's easy. Like you just prepare the choreography in advance knowing the lyrics. If you're afraid of, let's say, losing your costume, Again, make sure you teach your costume properly. But it's basically uh, doing preparations not to fill down uh, your performance in whichever way you're, you're afraid of. And also, second part of preparation, making sure that when we're talking about performance, we are minimizing other, other stress that may happen on that day, which I'm talking 
being late, not to iron your costume on time, uh, forgetting preparing um, several copies of your music available right away for DJ. If one thing doesn't work, you have another. Um, missing, uh, mistaking the address where you need to be. Uh, forgetting some like pieces of costumes or jewelries or props, like all that stuff. That's why I, for the performances, always like to uh, start the evening before, making sure that everything prepared. And on the day off, I really give myself lots of time to do these things without rush on my own terms. And I have a list of what I need to do. So I don't rely on my memory. I just have a list and I do check, 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 check. And that's why this week I'm also adding for you uh, my performance checklist. So all those things, they are under control for you that minimizes the level of stress that you experience. Like that will not take away the fears that we are talking uh, about right now. But if you're already stressed and you're about to go to perform and you have those all internal fears that definitely would not help to cope with them in the moment. So in this uh, intensive, you will also find separate video that I talk, uh, where I talk about performance checklist and performance checklist itself to make sure that on the day of performance, you do preparations properly. And for me, I almost feel like putting my makeup, which is one of the last things in my prep list that I do, like almost before I go out um, out of home to the venue, to the uh, performance gig, it almost feels like a ritual and it really calms down. It's like the time, like on my own, you can uh, do, um, you can transform any step of performance preparation into a ritual, absolutely any. So find, find yours. But the main thing is that you have the list, you know exactly what needs to happen and you do it in advance so it's not last minute, so you're not stressed and before you go on stage you are not stressed with some sudden surprise like oh my god I have a dance with sword but I forgot my sword at home or <laughs> something like that. So it's all under control and um, also a strategy of how to deal specifically with the fear of being judged as not good enough for whatever reason, like uh, it's cultivating inner confidence and um, cultivating that uh, energy projection. What I'm talking about here, <laughs> when you probably might have seen many times or even experienced yourself and the dancer comes on stage and you look and it feels like She's apologizing for being there, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll just be here for three minutes, I'll dance and then I'll go away, like that energy. Or you look at performer and you see like, ah, oh, she really is not confident, I don't know if your hair is, not, is nice or not, she's constantly like touching and, uh, and uh, checking it on it and uh, her face, you kind of can see that it troubles her like or whatever it is, like you can see uncertainty and unconfidence in performer's energy and attitude. Or another very common thing that is not very common to talk about when performers go on stage, especially in the beginning of their ballet dance journey and you feel like they're not sure if they're doing something appropriate or is it okay really to dance or not? You kind of feel it uh, in their performance. So once you go on stage with that energy, 
you become very easy target for judgments. It's like people fe- people uh, feel the fear inside you. It's the same as, uh, um, for instance, going out in a... You probably experienced it many times uh, uh, or saw someone experiencing similar situations. And in a group of friends, someone asks you, like, oh, what do you do uh, for living? Or maybe they do, like, oh, what do you do in the evenings? And you just talk about hobby. If you say it, oh, I do belly dance, enthusiastically and with confidence, they are like, oh, what? Tell us more. If you say, oh, I do belly dance, like, kind of unconfident, you may kind of hear, like, oh, belly dance. It's the same sentence you said. But the way you said created very different reaction, possibly even from the same people. I mean, probably not the same as like twice in a row, they will be surprised that it's belly dance. But um, it could have been from the same people. Depends how you presented information. Same with dance. How you presented the dance will also influence how people will react to it. If they see uncertainty in you, they will try to dig deep and... That doesn't ha- happen, of course, consciously. Like, we are not that evil creatures that we are trying, right, to wait to see where it's... A- but it's very unconsciously happens. Like, if I see... If you are not treating, let's say, uh, your art seriously, how can you expect other people to treat it seriously? If you do not go out with confidence, how can you expect other people perceive you as confident and not question, oh, wait... Is she pretending to be confident? That happens all on a very, like, automatic, uh, non-conscious, unconscious, uh, like, way. But that comes possibly uh, invitation for judgment. And also, because we are so unconfident, we will perceive any little, small, thingy, whatever happens as a judgment. We will misinterpret many things. We will, something small, like, I don't know, someone just looked maybe not even at you, but for you it will be like end of the world. So if we are in that state, we invite this energy towards us and we will invite our interpretations of those energy specifically in this way. That's why uh, this week we will talk specifically about this cultivation of energy and creating... um, sort of character on stage, owning our own like dense world and talking about that, focusing on us, first of all. Uh, that will be a separate step right now. I just want to focus more like on this uh, fears because this is very important to really dig and reconstruct where it comes from, what it is exactly, what we are afraid of, and then we can deal with it later. So, about cultivating your own energy, you will find a separate video. Right now, few more things about specifically fear of judgment Uh, because we can be judged by audience members and I already talked a lot about that so I'm not gonna stop on this we can also judge by our potential employees and here whenever you encounter the situation which a couple examples I already gave but always uh, I'm talking right now already about strategies of dealing like if fear happens so it doesn't stop us from continuing dance journey. So if it happens once, it's, okay, I stop dancing at all. If you receive, let's say, a negative um, judgment from someone who hired us or potential hired, let's say from restaurant manager. Again, you need to filter information. 
how did it was presented it was presented sort of like with a person like trying to act ah i'm a boss here i'm paying money and i'm telling you you are not good enough then i would suggest say buy and go to other people i definitely was in those situations and the world is not limited to that one uh, like let's say restaurant manager so you filter how where it came from and how it was presented or it was presented in like oh you know i don't feel like you're good enough yet to perform professionally then yes it's very unpleasant to hear but you can take it to your advantage and if you see the person sincerely like without trying to harm you tries to tell you this information you can use it to your advantage by asking okay what exactly how can i improve maybe it's true and I know you, you're very afraid to hear it and feel like, oh, it's true, but you can either be paralyzed by it or you can research, do homework, improve, and then come back, not only again to, to actually do the job and being hired, but also being a good dancer. And uh, this is the unpleasant thing that sometimes we need to go through, but at the end, they are serving our growth as long as we don't let them paralyze us and stop at this point like oh i'm taking everything off and another fear is being judged by dancers and this is one of the most uh biggest fears in terms of, like we understand oh other dancers they do know the art they do not know they do know how to do that shimmy it's not just something shaken for the general audience who is already impressed like oh my god how does it move there but the dancers know and they like the quality of uh, uh, my shimmy uh, they can uh, sort of like evaluate is it good is it big enough is it loose enough uh, like is it this proper technique etc that's our biggest fear and i can say this that the dance audience can be as the most warming and welcoming audience you ever performed just the same way as the coldest and the most um let's say <laughs> unpleasant audience you ever performed and it all depends on many different factors in which circumstances you are performing in which uh even country with which mentality you're performing uh mentality of people like you're performing for in uh how you are presented at the event i had literally situations when within the same months I was dancing to the dance audience like in the same city and once I was presented like oh as a teacher guest teacher of the event and it was like a super cool like super warming and next time it was just like someone and here since in dance world we um, especially in particular like parts of the world there is a lot of focus on competition uh, and it's like, oh, we need to be better than another person to be the first to get that one first place, first medal. Or uh, even if it's not about competitions, it's about um, ambition of becoming professional dancers, touring artists and uh, appearing on those like posters of the events and being invited internationally. And there is this fear and feeling like, oh, there are not enough spots for everyone. So um, kind of like it's ballet dance community it's too for me too big contrast it's as much as it's uh, there's so much support and friendship in, in it just the same amount of sort of like 
competition in sometimes not in the best way and tension in it. So you need to understand that too. And sometimes like in my situation, I'm pretty sure it was the situation that I was like not announced at all. Not, nobody knew me. Not everyone knows Yana Dance Club and Yana. And I was performing and it was such a cold response from the audience that probably like many was thinking like, who is that girl? Why she's in a gala show and not me? Who, who is that person? And that of course very unpleasant. But again, filtering. From whom do you want to receive information? Coming back to filtering the information, our steps. Like, uh, is it coming from dancers who are professional, who can teach me something, who do the one the things that I want to do, and I want to listen to their advice because I want to live or dance the same way or the same level as they do, or it just comes from someone who maybe took like half a year or I don't even know the person, and again, from where it comes from. And um, being ex accepting the fear that it may be realistic, it may happen the situation that you perform, you're not judged very nicely and you get really cold response at the end of performance. It may happen. Accepting it and understanding where it comes from helps to make it familiar and be prepared to it. Again, looking throughout all your history of performances, of course it's super unpleasant if it happens for your very first performance, this kind of response, but that's why all teachers always say students start in Halfless, start inside school, start in these safe environments. So you're not starting with like a random, I don't know, gala show or not gala show, but as a student, you will probably perform an open stage show somewhere for completely unknown audience of dancers who will not know you, potentially not care. This happens too. And you will get this cold response and you will think, oh my God, I'm so bad. I will never ever perform. No, that's why we start slowly from schools, halfless shows, among friends, among other dancers, then uh, maybe theater shows, but organized by school. And then we're growing up and up and up because we will get ready. We already have a history of successful performances. They may be different level, beginners, advanced, but they were successful in terms like we received a good positive feedback. And if once we encounter really cold negative feedback, it doesn't scare us to stop dancing. Yes, it will be unpleasant, yes. But at least you know where it comes from and you know how to deal with it. Keep growing, keep listening to people who you admire and want to dance like them and be sure that next performances will be different reaction and much warmer. So that will just come as a one-time thing. And here I talk about why I right away uh, go into like realistic, like, okay, this happened, how to deal with it, what to do, because this is not exactly about approaching like fear, but this will not completely take the fear away. And all the work, it's a continuous process. Uh, working on fears. We are digging quite deep, but again, the psychology and like those beliefs that we have in us, it's something way deeper than two or three weeks, uh, three week uh, work process. You need to understand, but at least it will help. If you break down the situations where it came from, as we talked, and if it happens, how to deal, 
where exactly, what should steps I need to do. You can come back to this video if you ever actually happen to be in this situation. Uh, and uh, then you can re-listen what Yana said me to do and it will calm down, hopefully. And in that moment when you're in the wings, stepping on stage or on the stage, feel like, oh my God, I'm like, I feel I'm really judged and not perceived by the best by audience. You can at least remember, oh, I was working with that fear. I know how to deal with it. I know how to deal with it and I will deal with it later. Right now I will focus on my performance and enjoying the every minute of it. So that's why I'm like really doing this long video and breaking down all like this possible scenarios and things and steps on how to prevent fears, how to deal with fears, how to minimize uh, uh, the consequences of fear so that once we hit the fear, we will remember, oh yeah, I was working on it. It's not that complete stranger to me now. It's a little bit more familiar and it's in my control, even the consequences of it. But you probably still will have a question, okay, but how to deal with it? Like, yes, I understand uh, where it may come from, especially judgment from like dance community or at the dance events, but I'm still so paralyzed and I feel like uh, I cannot show even my full potential because I'm so paralyzed and tensed by this fear inside me when I'm on stage in front of dancers. And that will come again to the same topic, cultivating the inner um, confidence and owning the space that you are right now in control. And that will help, which we will address very detailed in a separate video, which I already mentioned, but that will help a little bit to distance so your uh, satisfaction, your joy and your sort of judgment of yourself in this case is not really connected to reaction from other people. It's more like cultivating this inner stamina inside you that you know what you, who you are, who you are as a dancer, what you're doing and regardless do you receive warm or like cold let's say feedback, immediate uh, feedback of uh, performance, it's, it doesn't hit that, that hard. But that we will talk exactly with a specific assignment in a separate video. Right now, I want briefly to stop on another fear of forgetting choreography, which goes, as I mentioned, both fear of judgment is hidden there, which I talked a lot right now detailed, but also fear of failing other people. And here... If you are, uh, there can be two scenarios. First is performing in a group and performing as a soloist. And I just want to give a couple of tips on how to prevent the situation so you feel you are more prepared. If you are talking about group performances, always make sure that it's you who know the choreography. It's not you who are following other dancers, but you can do this choreography on your own without listening even to music. In your mind, you can go through a whole dance hearing music in your mind, not even from your computer, but in your mind, and you will know exactly what to do without any stops. And then you physically turn on music and you can do it, dance it as a solo part. You're dancing your part as a group like uh, performance, but you can do it without anyone else around you, so you're not relying on other people's memory of choreography, you actually do know it. 
Especially since we are practicing so much with Mios. It's so much tendency. Oh, I'll just follow. Or oh, the person starts this move. Oh, yeah, I remember this combination. But you yourself will not remember this combination if there was not that help from another person in front of you or on the side that you saw in the mirror, let's say. That's why second tip. If you have this tendency, or in general for groups, it's a really cool tool. Suggest practicing choreography by switching directions. So you have your dance studio, you probably have one wall with mirrors that you usually dance to, you turn away against from the mirror and you dance towards that wall. After that you switch and you dance to the third and fourth wall. So you're using all four walls. If you have several rooms in the dance studio, go with a group together, dance in different rooms, get familiar for performing this sequence of movements in different environments. So then you go on stage, you're already familiar. Oh, it's just another different environment, but I already did it. I already danced in a different environment other than our regular uh, dance studio facing mirror. So practice that. It will not only help you, it will help other dancers too. And it will identify those blind spots where exactly you're forgetting choreography. Uh, another cool tip try to coach another person on that choreography. So if you have a new group member, you can volunteer like, oh, I will help person to break down and learn this choreography. If you don't have a new volunteer, new people in the group and you cannot volunteer like literally to teach another dancer, get your friend, get your, I don't know, sister, mom, grandma, try to explain in front of them the sequence of choreography. That's the best way to memorize any combo or any choreography is trying to teach it to someone else. You have to know it. And of course you're checking with the music if it actually lays down together like nicely on musicality. So those are sort of three uh, tips on uh, how to prevent, if you're talking about specifically uh, group performances, forgetting choreography. If you're talking about solo situation, First of all, nobody will know that you forgot choreography unless you show that. How you show that? By stopping, of course. You just stopped. That's why one of the first tools that, of course, it's one of the most obvious, it's improving your improvisation skills. You do not need to switch to improvisation, but you need not you need to be not afraid of be not afraid of it. So you know it's in your toolbox, and if for whatever reason you forgot choreography, you can switch to improvisation until you catch up with music, recognize the spot, and get back on the choreography. If you didn't show it in your movements like literal stops, nobody will know that you forgot choreography. Trust me, absolutely no one. And even if someone knows the sequence, okay, so what? They will understand? Like, improvise? Or may, they may think you changed last minute or you just felt like, oh my God, it was such a great impression. Again, by movement. But secondly, which is the most important, is by your face. That's why you need to have as many uh, tools in your kit box <laughs> as possible so you are not afraid to forget choreography. You know what to do. So one is improvise. Second, oh, I'm not good with improvisation. Yes, it's a struggle for many dancers. Have a couple of what I call sauce movements <laughs> in your vocabulary. What are sauce movements that uh, help, uh, that can lay down on absolutely any music? One of the three options. It's either turns, one or multiple, depends on the music. Second, it's shimmies. Different kinds of shimmies depend on the music you can choose for how long alternate shimmies with some 
other movements maybe, but shimmy. And third one, it's uh, figure eights with hips. Horizontal, vertical, dual movement, the very basic fluid hip movements. So whichever music you're dancing to, one of these three, three movements will be nicely on the music, okay? It may be not the perfect one, like connection with the music, but it will be nice, good enough to, for you to catch up your breath and recognize the next accent in the music. And once you recognize the stop in the music and remembered choreography, don't try to catch up the accent that you just heard because that will show, oh, she just caught up with the music. She forgot something. You're starting from the next part. Either the whole, like, if you can't get literally the next movement, great. But if music kind of feels weird to jump into the middle choreography, you improvise till the end of this phrase. And then starting from next phrase, you're back onto your choreography. But the sauce movements, turns, shimmies, and fluid, like figure eights in whichever direction is hips, they will save you, you know, it's your savior uh, movements. And um, of course, the last very important that I come keep coming back point is being in the moment, being present as a performer, being present as a character on stage. Not just a girl who learned the choreography and needs to pretend to be to know this belly dance goddess or maybe folkloric girl from the village of Saidia or something like that. No, but being uh, in the moment and feeling it. And then sometimes you may improvise or switch the choreography without even realizing or feeling it. It just will be the moments that you felt, oh, I did this movement differently. From next phrase, you went back uh, to the choreography. But it's coming back to cultivating inner... Uh, certainty, inner confidence, owning this page and also cultivating this character that you are in the present moment. So those are two main things about fear of judgment and fear of rejection. One another thing that I feel I need to separate and address separately because this is the fear that is both, it has so many different layers in it, is the fear of aging. And this is the fear that we will uh, face at some point of our life, all of us. And it comes to two inside fears that are in it. Because it's not really about aging itself. It's about two things. Um, being judged by others and judging ourselves inside our mind. Our body changes all the time. And things that you could have done in like at the age of 15, you probably cannot do even at 30 or 40 already, or they become a little bit more challenging. And with time, like for 50s and 60s, it becomes more and more. Even such obvious things that your teenage years or like, I don't know, early 20s, you can eat like a pizza, cola, maybe beer, a party all night, then sleep two hours and next day be fresh for lectures at school. At 30s, that becomes a little bit more challenging, <laughs> let's say. Not impossible, but definitely challenging. You start feeling like, oh, I do need to sleep. Oh, I do need to eat like uh, better. And as dancers, of course, with aging, 30, 40, 50, 60, it 
does uh, influence our body and what our body is capable of doing. And if in our 20s we could go with, uh, oh, I just stretch a little bit and in a month or two I'm ready for splits or I'll practice a little bit and I can do this complicated choreography. Then with time and age, all dancers start feeling that they do need to take regular care of their body to prepare body and to maintain the conditioning of body to be able to do certain physical activities, certain physical movements. And that's why I always keep telling and reminding, start doing conditioning, stretching and taking care of body as early as possible so it serves in the same uh, level of conditioning for as long as possible. But even if you didn't, uh, or even if you did, your body still will be changing and this is something that we can accept either as a beautiful fact or we will try to reject no i i'm just the same i don't want to be changing etc and here are two things about aging that i feel like will be very helpful first of all analyze your beliefs about aging let you think about like if that's your fear let's say or really really deep concern that you're afraid that at some point you'll get into fear why do you feel or you think you feel this way what if you think about aging write down little associations that come to your mind and see where you're focusing are you focusing on like ah losing youth or using losing mobility in joints or like losing something so about negative parts that you're losing something or you're focusing on things that you're gaining. You're gaining wisdom. You're gaining understanding of music. You're gaining more knowledge. You're gaining more confidence as a woman. Like, for instance, in flamenco, the older and mature woman, the more beautiful performance it is believed that she can present because she has something to tell audience. It's a shame we don't think this way in ballet dance. We in ballet dance with so much focus on this technicality, like oh, how many tricks and splits and difficult movements a dancer can do. But what this dancer tells, what message I receive as an audience member from that dancer, that's way more important. And with time and age, you may first of all you may have more. Uh, potential to what you can deliver and secondly wanting or not you kind of will be forced to two beautiful things hopefully you will take it uh, actively in advance but in any case with time and age you will be forced to, to pay attention to it is taking care of your body which is a beautiful thing and I wish we were told literally from first years of our life that it needs to be done and been taken care of and second you will be forced to look for other opportunities and how you can express it in a different way uh, for instance uh, one of the concerns or fears uh, for dancers with time is like, oh, I will not be able to perform this and this and this and this and this movement and this movement and like doing this physical performance. So I will not really enjoy dancing. It will be all reminders about what I cannot do. But is joy of dancing comes from physical movements 
or does it come from expressing and feeling emotions? Does the age really influence our ability to interpret music, to connect with the music and find the movements that can transform this uh, uh, excitement and joy and or sadness or whatever emotion is in our song to express it to the audience. No, it's all about finding your own expression and of course it ha uh, has a lot with accepting yourself and accepting that with time we are changing regardless of our age. Five years ago we were different from what we are now. We will be different in five years from now. And this is part of our growth as dancers. And I truly believe that full express our full potential is possible only when we dig into our real selves and we take those uh, personal uh, moments and personal experiences and put it on stage. We don't need to tell really about them, but we use them as our potential. And in this case, case, I can talk a lot about like, yes, you need to take care, you need to stretch, you need to do conditioning and all those things obvious and you probably understand them yourself, but it's also shifting your focus like, wait, what exactly I'm afraid if I'm afraid of like aging? Like, as I mentioned, if it's like not being able physically to perform something, but is dance really about that? There is the whole new field that can open for you just from shifting your focus. Where and how I can express my emotions, what I want to say in dance, with my body, with my experience as dancer, as a mature dancer, dancer who knows and can, has tools to express so much more than younger and beginner dancer who is only uh, popping everything on like technique, 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 technique. There is so much more beyond that. And of course, uh, our fear of aging that can come from uh, underneath, it can come two things. First is judgment from others or other people will think I'm not good enough dancer which basically comes to everything that I was just talking about. But second, the most important one and the most sort of dangerous one and difficult to deal with, I think, is judgment of ourselves. That we are so connected to how it used to be, to how it was in the past, and we constantly comparing ourselves, oh, but I couldn't, I can't do what I used to do before, instead of focusing of now, what is my experience now? I gained so much. How can I express it now? Instead of looking into the future, instead of making sure that right now you're taking care of your body so you can uh, express even your new knowledge, like a new experience in five years differently and richer that you are doing it right now. But this focus on what it used to be, how I used to be, and I cannot do it anymore, that only puts us down, constant reminder that we are not capable of something, instead of shifting what now I'm capable to do that I couldn't do when I was 18 or 20 or whenever you start doing dancing, because there are a lot of things that only come with age and 
only come with dance experience that we can put on stage and audience will be enchanted not by technicality, they will be enchanted by emotions that you as a dancer projected and you as a dancer give them that they experience as an audience member. That's what dance is about. And constantly reminding that and of course also getting inspiration from other dancers, from other teachers who are actively performing, who are actively uh, teaching and seeing that it's possible and just understanding and accepting. This is the biggest shift that has to happen is accepting that, yes, we are different from where, from what we were in the past and we are different from what we will be in the future. But the beautiful things, it's what, who and what we are right now and what we are capable of doing right now and what is the magic that we create right now with our body, with our mind, with our experience, with our dance knowledge, with our willingness and excitement to dance and share the joy of dance with our audience from who we are today. So this was a long, long conversation today. I really wanted to address all those nuances because the topic of fear is very nuanced and very, um, very rich. There's a lot of thoughts you even saw, like I was sometimes referring to my notes. Uh, so this is, I hope, some thoughts for you to think about. And I hope that you can maybe even come back to your notes from per past exercise and dig even deeper from what I said and break it down, break down strategies, break down where the fear comes from, even deeper for you to understand and analyze it. But of course, I also should add that with time and experience, it will get easier. It will for some of you, it may get easy in a couple of times if you've never performed. For some of you, it will take some time, but it does get easier. But of course, if you work with fears, if you analyze the fears and we approach and develop strategies, so like, okay, yes, I'm afraid, but I know what I will do if it happens, it's already less scary. <laughs> what scares us the most is the unknown element of like, oh my God, don't know what will happen or I just see this huge big cloud of darkness and scariness and it paralyzes me instead of breaking it down like oh, okay just a little cloud there <laughs> yes it's 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 scared I'm scared about it but it's way smaller than that huge uh, dark cloud uh, uh, these thumb um, thumbnails that I was really afraid of so that was the purpose of <laughs> the first week facing the fears and breaking them down first of all you doing this exercise for yourself because for everyone will be different and realizing yes they are real we are not minimizing like oh this is not important it is very important but facing and making them familiar it's first step for dealing with them overcoming and enjoying amazing performances on stage that will uh, not only bring joy to you but also will bring joy to your audience that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week same time same place